Hello and welcome back to Gin and Spooks. I'm Laura. I'm Emma. And... Oh, my voice went then. <laughs> and we're back. Woo! Hey! Um, yeah, we had a short break, but now we're back. And uh, what are we talking about today, Emma? We are talking about poisonings and I can't sing because of my throat. <laughs> oh, God. Emma is at the end of, like, the flu slash... A cold. It's not coronavirus. She has checked. Um, yeah, it's, still not it's even... definitely not COVID. Yeah. We're still not even in the same room, um, even though technically we could be in the same room. But, you know. Um, <laughs> anyway, and what are we drinking tonight, Emma? We are drinking Tom Collins. That actually sounds like a man. We're drinking Tom Collins. Is that actually I thought you said I was going to sound like a man. No. <laughs> And I was like, okay, no. I know my voice is quite deep right now, but... <laughs> not that deep. Is it no. not this deep? Hello, I'm Tom Collins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. If I talk, if I talk like this, whoa, whoa what's oh. in my throat then? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get down to business. Okay, this is going to be a right struggle, but... I have 10 facts about poisons or Ooh. poisonings. So prepare to have your hats blown off. Hit me. <laughs> <laughs> so facts number one, why am I struggling so much to talk? I'm just going to moist my mouth. Mm. We've made a mistake here. You're the one that's ill and can't talk very well, but you've got more content. Because I wasn't planning on being ill. No. Um, okay, so fact number one. There is a reason why we say mad as a hatter. In the 1800s, many hatters were poisoned by, by mercuric nitrate used to remove fur from animal skins. It made them behave irrationally and caused tremors, among other terrible effects. The use of mercury in hat making wasn't banned by the US government until 1941. Ooh. So it was a bit late. On yeah. the banning. <laughs> fact number two. I say I feel like I'm saying fat and not fact. Fact. So um, a fact fact or her. <laughs> number two. <laughs> Another name for those afflicted by the Mad Hatter syndrome is the Danbury Shakes. How cute is that? The Danbury. Danbury Shakes. That sounds yeah. Like a cocktail. It does, don't it? Sounds like um, an alcoholic milkshake. Yeah. Ugh. I'm just thinking about food now. Anyway, uh, named from Danbury, Connecticut, which for the most of which for most of the 19th century was known as the Hatton capital of the world. Ooh. Bit of useless information. Fact. <laughs> Number three. <laughs> It sounds like you're trying to do some shit reverb thing, like... <laughs> my, bra- my brain and my mouth do not have a great relationship between one another. <laughs> so, as caterpillars, long-wing butterflies feed on the poisonous passionflower, uh, metabolising the plant's compounds before they combine to create cyanide. The butterflies retain the poison and their brightly coloured wings let predators know that they are toxic. Ooh. Because you're toxic. <laughs> do, 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 do. Do, 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 <laughs> <laughs> That was so good. 
that dance move made that. Oh, see, this is why we need to video this shit. I think technically <laughs> it's recording the video too right now, you know. Is it? I think. I'll have a look when I go into editing. Okay. We'll have to use that. Oh, you could use that for real. Yeah. Anyway, Callum, Calum, speakers in Papua New Guinea have a name for the poisonous bitahui. Oh, for fuck's sake. That means bird whose bitter skin puckers the mouth. Okay. So are they eating a bird and the skin's bitter and it makes them go hmm, and look at their mouth? Like, make it like a butthole? Yeah, exactly that. <laughs> um, fact number five. Howler monkeys, which eat diets full of plant toxins, also munch on clay, which science, scientists suspect they eat to counteract the effects of the toxins. Ooh. I know these monkeys are smart, man. Yeah. Um, apparently, it's also impossible to make yourself immune to the substances like mercury, lead and cyanide by taking small doses. Um, instead, they build up in the body and eventually cause death. No way. Yeah, so don't try this at home, folks. <laughs> Safety first. Unless you've got some clay uh, on hand, like the monkeys, because then you can just eat clay and it would sort you out. I mean, yeah, you could do pottery in your spare time. <laughs> I'm kidding. Please don't ever poison yourself and then eat a pot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'll try my best to avoid that situation. Yeah. So in the Snow White fairy tale... Um, obviously Snow White eats takes a bite out of an apple um, and it puts her into a death-like state isn't that far-fetched there are poisons that make people appear dead including pufferfish toxins and some snake venom which interfere with the nerves that make muscles move sharing poisonous foods happens in real life too one Malaysian trick involved putting poison on one side of a knife before cutting the food, ensuring that only one side would be toxic. Oh. Also, that that Snow White poison, that's like in Romeo and Juliet, because Juliet takes poison to appear dead, doesn't she? And then Romeo's like, oh, shit, she's died and kills himself. And then actually she's like, I'm alive. (laughs) (laughs) And then she's sad because he killed himself, and then I think she kills herself. I, can't I would pay to watch you do a commentary of Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> we need to do it and go, oh shit, she's dead. No. <laughs> Are you making oh, fun my... of my acting there? <laughs> because that's fine. I, oh. <laughs> I don't even know why I found that funny. It was just funny. <laughs> that's my um, summary of Romeo and Juliet. And carry on. So mercury was used in a lot of medications, including children's teething powder, as recently as 1948. Even people like Abraham Lincoln and author Louise May Alcott took medicines containing mercury. Oh, is Louise Louise May Alcott? Is that Little Women? I think so. It her name Alcott. rings a bell, but I can't remember what book it is. Yes, Little Women. I was right. Louise May Alcott. 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 She wrote Little Women. Oh, okay. I don't think I've actually read Little Women. I remember reading it when I was a kid and I really, really wanted to reread it recently when that film came out with Timothy... Emma Watson. And Emma Watson, yeah. And Florence Pugh. But I have not got round to it yet because I want to buy the Penguin Classics version of the book because yeah, it's nice. But yeah, I just it's not one that I've actually bought myself yet, so... Okay. Yeah. I'll make a... I'll make a 
note of that. <laughs> there were a number of objects people believed would protect them against poison, including amethysts, opals and emeralds. Another was dragon tongs or fossilised shark teeth, which Europeans living centuries ago wore as charms, uh, dipping them into food to purify it of poison. Oh, wow. Oh, I got a feeling that didn't work. Yeah. I don't think the crystals would have worked either. No. I'm sure certain crystals as well are quite poisonous. Well, yeah, technically it's rock and you probably shouldn't eat rock. Yeah. But no, I think I think you're right. Like, so it's a touch, I think, some. Yeah. I don't know. I need to, I would need to double check on that. Yeah. Um, and then the, um, the last one is, um, so not all poisons are bad. I compound in Gila monster venom. Oh. I don't know what the fuck that is, but okay. Uh, was found to lower blood sugar as it as is being used as a and is being used as a treatment for type two diabetes. While scientists are exploring using venom of the Chilean rose tarantula to treat muscular dystrophy. That's cool. I mean, I don't think I dare take poison, but I think obviously it would have to be with oh yeah, like other other compounds or elements. Yeah, but um. They'd probably make it into some sort of medicine, wouldn't they? So who knows? Maybe the pills I take have already got that shit in it. You never know. You never know. But that is the end of um, my facts. I loved them. Did you? Did you want to do your plant facts? Yes. 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 So here is a list of seven of the most poisonous plants in the world. Well, the deadliest plants in the world. I don't know if deadly and poisonous necessarily mean the same thing. So I'm gonna start with what Britannica Encyclopedia believes to me be the most deadliest plant in the world, because it's a fucking boring one, tobacco. Boo! So tobacco is the most widely grown commercial non-food plant in the world. It is made from the cured leaves of tobacco plant. All parts of the plant, especially its leaves, contain the toxic alkaloids nicotine, which is what everybody loves, and yeah. anabasine. Oh, it's going to be both of us mispronouncing words tonight. And the plant can be fatal if you eat it. Despite being a cardiac poison, nicotine from tobacco is widely consumed around the world and is both psychoactive and addictive. It causes more than 5 million deaths per year. So, of course, tobacco is seen as the most deadliest plant in the world, but I think we all could have guessed that. If we really thought about it. Yeah. That that yeah, that one was really boring. I... Yeah. Imagine I was reading this list, it was counting down from seven till one, and I get to the most deadliest plant in the world, and it's fucking tobacco. <laughs> I was like, oh, disappointing. That's like that's so anticlimactic. Yep. I think it's one of the most anticlimactic things that's ever happened to me. I'm not gonna lie. Anyway. <laughs> well that's Another story for another time. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. So, (laughs) that is the most deadliest plant in the world, according to Britannica. But I'm now going to go back to number seven because I didn't want you all guys to have to suffer with tobacco being... I didn't want you to feel as anticlimactic as I did when I was reading this list. So I'm going back to seven now, which is water hemlock and i'm not going to read the latin name because i'm going to do it i dare you okay so water hemlock cicuta maculata 
that's better than how I would have fucking said it. Mm, I don't know if that's the French part of my brain going, oh, 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 we know this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I instantly went, when you did the ho oh, oh, ho oh, ho, I just went, baguette in my head. <laughs> mm, baguette. So the water hemlock is also called poison parsnip or cow's bane, and it grows across North America and Europe. It typically grows in wet habitats, like um, alongside ponds and streams or in marshes and swamps. Um, And it can also be found growing in water. So they grow about up to like two and a half meters tall, which is 8.2 feet, which is pretty tall. And they have distinctive small green or white flowers arranged in an umbrella shape. It is deemed the most violently toxic plant in North America. It's infused with the deadly psychotoxin, particularly in its roots. And this causes painful convulsions, abdominal cramps, nausea and death if eaten. Those who don't die are often afflicted with amnesia or lasting tremors. So basically, if you eat this shit and survive, you're still not. You're fucked. Yeah, pretty much. But then if, I suppose if it gives you amnesia, you might forget what you ate and eat it again. And then it would probably kill you. She was so nonchalant about that. You were just like, yeah, so if you got amnesia and you didn't die the first time and then you forgot, so you ate it the second time, then you die. (laughs) (laughs) You looked at me so confused then. The next one is called Deadly Nightshade, which I'm sure a lot of people have talked about, otherwise known as Atropa Belladonna or just Belladonna. I have had a fun experience with belladonna which i'll tell you about in a second anyway okay okay i feel like i've bigged that up now and it's going to be disappointing yeah you have big. okay anyway belladonna is native to europe north africa and western asia and it comes from the plant family solansae anyway this plant family also includes tomatoes potatoes and aubergines so it's related to stuff we actually eat in britain In Britain, it grows in calcareous soils on disturbed ground in hedgerows and the edges of fields and also in open woodland. It grows to two metres tall. The leaves are oval and the bell-shaped flowers are like a purple colour with green bits of green and the fruits are berries and they're a really dark, shiny black. Um, So the berries are sweet and are regularly eaten by animals who then drop the seeds in their shit, which is the main way it kind of grows everywhere. So have you ever seen like a bird shit that's slightly purple? And that's probably because they've eaten like a blackberry or belladonna or something. Anyway. Oh, okay. Uh, so it contains atropine and scopolamine in its stem, leaves and berries and roots. Uh, these compounds cause paralysis in the involuntary muscles of the body, including the heart. So even physical contact with the leaves may cause irritation. Um, and it's been used for medicinal purposes for centuries. So basically, if you consume it, it will stop your heart beating because your heart's a muscle um, and it causes paralysis in your muscles. So it's used in medicine. So every year I have to have an eye, a special eye test so that they can take a picture of the back of my retina to check that it's OK, because one of these like long-lasting effects of diabetes can be on your eyesight so they check you regularly for it anyway they put eye drops in my eyes that enlarge my pupils 
so that they can take a photo of the back of my eye because obviously your pupils are just holes. Anyway, the drops that go in my eyes have got belladonna in them because no way yeah because it's like a muscle relaxant so it, it relaxes the muscles that hold my pupils tight and dial and it just they just dilate i've got it in a couple of weeks actually and i'll take before and after photos of my eyes so everyone can see because it looks really fucking cool but also really weird because my eyes are quite blue and then after i've had the drops in i can't see very well but it looks like i've got huge dark eyes and it looks like an alien or something it's really cool I love it I don't know why I love it so much (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited to have it done so I didn't have it done last year because of Covid um but yeah so I've got that in a couple of weeks so that's my experience with Belladonna again not as exciting as I made out but I I love it anyway (laughs) so the next one is white snake root also known as Agaritina altissima so this plant is native to eastern and central North America, and the plants usually grow to about one and a half meters tall. They produce a flower of a clean white color. After blooming, they produce small seeds with fluffy white tails, and these blow into the wind again to help it spread its seed. They're found in woods and in bush thickets where they bloom in mid to late summer um, and going on into autumn. So apparently, this plant is responsible for the death of Abraham Lincoln's mother, Nancy Hanks, because it contains the toxin tremetol, which is an alcohol. Both the meat and the milk from animals who have eaten this plant can pass the toxins onto human consumers. So um, I don't think animals die from it. But for example, if like a cow had eaten this plant, the cow would be fine. But if you then milked it and drank the milk, you would die because the symptoms include loss of appetite, nausea, weakness, abdominal discomfort, a reddened tongue, abnormal acidity of the blood, and death. And that is what killed Shit. Abraham Lincoln's mum. Yeah, that's, I feel like that's a hardcore one. It's, that is a hardcore one. Yeah, and I feel like that must be something that farmers in North America have to keep an eye out for so that their cows don't drink it and don't eat it even. Okay, so the next one is called the castor bean or ricinus communis. Uh, Technically, it's not actually a bean, but the beans are seeds. It's native to the southeastern Mediterranean basin, India and eastern Africa, but it also grows throughout any tropical region. So basically, it's native to specific reasons regions but it can grow anywhere hot really um and the seed itself the castor seed is the source of castor oil which is in quite a lot of products like soap and oil (laughs) and stuff I believe like (laughs) when I read that soap and oil (laughs) (laughs) you know when you read something you're like yes I recognize that name I recognize that brand so you don't do any further research on it and then it comes to later on and you're like uh i don't know that's literally what's just happened (laughs) anyway uh in the hotter regions it can grow up to 12 meters tall which is fucking high uh in areas with a suitable climate it can easily establish itself as an invasive plant uh it's widely grown as an ornamental plant because but because of this breeders have increased the variety of colors and leaf sizes Uh, so the flowers don't have any petals and they are either male or female. So the male flowers are, there's quite a lot of them, and they're like a yellowish green colour with like a prominent creamy 
bit sticking out you know the bit in the middle what's it called the starman stamen oh, um, yeah yeah I know what you mean the female flowers come from the tips of the spikes that are on the plant and there's less of them and they are, have prominent red stigmas both can be found on the same plant so there's like you'll see loads of different flowers on the plants okay so the seeds naturally contain the poison ricin which is deadly in small amounts it only takes one or two seeds to kill a child and up to eight seeds to kill an adult uh ricin works yeah ricin works by inhabiting the synthesis of proteins within cells so this can cause severe vomiting diarrhea seizures and death the poison was used to assassinate georgie markov in 1978 uh, he was a journalist who spoke out against the Bulgarian government. This has also been mailed to various US politicians in failed terrorist assassination attempts, which makes me not want to open any post again ever, like in case this bugger came out, but you know. Just in case. Just in case. <laughs> who the fuck would be mailing me poison? Um, I'm pretty harmless. <laughs> So next we have got the rosary pea, which sounds adorable. And the Latin name is Abrus precatorius. So this plant is native to Asia and Australia, uh, in mostly in tropical regions. It has a tendency to become weedy and invasive where it's been wherever it's been introduced. It's a climber plant with long thin leaves that kind of look like ferns that twine around trees and shrubs and hedges. We've actually got like a, an invasive plant in our garden. It's this like vine thing that looks kind of like ivy, but has really pretty white flowers. And it's just growing everywhere. Like the back corner has got loads of it. And then we had loads of nice bushes down the red, the left, right hand side. And it was literally wrapping itself around the branches of it. I don't know if I showed you when we came over. It's just everywhere. But it reminds me of this. I mean, it's not this because it's not a poisonous one, I don't think. But, you know. I'd anyway. be very concerned if you're having that growing yeah. in your back garden. Just growing some poison. So the seeds are brightly coloured and they're red and they're hard shelled. They look kind of like ladybirds, these seeds do, but without the spots. So they've got a tiny like black tip and then they're bright red. So these seeds contain abrin, which is an extremely deadly ribo ribosome inhibiting protein. And it only takes three micrograms of abrin to kill an adult. Each of these seeds contains way more than enough to kill an adult. Jesus. So, yeah. Symptoms are similar to those of ricin, but abrin is way more toxic. So as the seeds are not poisonous if intact, they're often used in jewellery, uh, prayer rosaries, blah, 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 prayer rosaries and percussion instruments. Um, but any seeds that are scratched or broken or chewed, why would you chew it, become poisonous. So I think once you see pictures of this, you would recognise these beads being used in things, because I did when I saw them. And apparently there was this whole issue where loads of jewellers were dying because they were accidentally like scuffing these beads they were making jewellery out of. And because they're poisonous seeds, they were dying. Yeah, so both abrin and ricin, two poisons, they both prevent protein synthesis within cells. So this leads to organ failure within a few days. So pretty deadly. Shit, son. Mm -hmm. The next one, and my last one, because I've already gone over tobacco, is called oleander, which made me think of Ollivander from Harry Potter. <laughs> uh, so oleander 
is a shrub or a small tree cultivated worldwide in temperate and subtropical areas as an ornamental and landscaping plant. It grows to approximately six meters or 20 feet tall and has white, pink or red five lobed flowers that grow in clusters all year round, peaking during the summer. All parts of the oleander plant are deadly and contain lethal cardiac glycosides known as oleandrin and nerine. Nerine. I can't read my own writing. If eaten, it can cause vomiting, diarrhea, erratic pulse, seizures, comas, and death. Contact with the leaves and sap is known to be a skin irritant to most people. The toxin is so strong that some people have been known to become ill after eating honey made by bees that visited the flowers. However, true fatalities are rare. True fatalities, as if you feel a fake fatality. What? Uh, <laughs> I'm having a post-mortem, pre-mortem moment there. Uh, yeah, so however, fatalities are rare because the plants are very bitter, which puts people off from eating them. So yeah, those are my poisonous plants. Interesting. I will put some photos of those on the Instagram slash blog so that you all know what to look out for when you're out and about and a bit peckish. <laughs> yeah. Wake up one day and just like, I really fancy eating some uh, flowers yeah. near a marsh or swamp. Yes. Mm, this looks like belladonna. I'm going to try it. They kind of look like <laughs> black currants as well, belladonna though, but I guess black currants are a lot smaller. Anyway. Yeah, I know there's like, I don't, I don't know like what the names are or like how to identify them but I know like there's quite a few like berry looking ones yeah like you can't you shouldn't just be picking berries off like mm, bushes yeah. and stuff yeah like mushrooms um, I wouldn't eat mushrooms out in the woods because I'd be worried exactly yeah like and magic mushrooms as well yeah. can you imagine if you took one and it was like hallucinogenic Jesus yeah. like am I tripping or am I dying or both <laughs> <laughs> It was probably the mushroom. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. A lot of the symptoms for those are obviously very similar. Like you get diarrhea and vomiting and nausea. Because obviously if you eat something, especially a poison, that's the first place it's going to infect and your body's going to be like, nope, get it out. But still, there's a lot of seizures and comas and stuff in there too. Awful. Yeah. Awful. Awful business. Yeah. Okay. Are we ready for our... Next story, yeah, story. Yeah, both of my stories uh, involve arsenic poisoning. Um, apparently, that's a uh, one of the common ways to be poisoned. So, yeah, first one is about a woman named Mary Ann Cotton, um, who was uh, an English suspected serial killer, convicted of and hanged for the murder of poisoning her her stepson, Charles Edward. Colton, it is likely that she murdered three out of four of her husbands, Whoa. apparently in order to collect on their insurances, insurance policies, and many others. Um, she may have murdered as many as 21 people, including 11 of her 13 children. <gasps> Fuck off, what a bitch! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's um, a lot of children, but don't kill them. I know, yeah. And she had 13 as well. That's so right, That's a lot. And she chiefly used arsenic poisoning, um, causing gastric pain and rapid decline of health. So arsenic poisoning is a medical condition that occurs uh, due to an elevated levels of arsenic in the body. 
If arsenic poisoning occurs over a brief period of time, symptoms may include vomiting, abdominal pain. I really couldn't say that. <laughs> There's this one big word that I really can't say and I can't read my own writing. <laughs> and some, I'll try that again. And cephalopathy. Encephalopathy. Encephalopathy. Yeah. Encephalopathy. Something that weird. Is that to do with the brain? Um, potentially. I did not write it. I didn't write it. Because apparently I've never done a podcast before. No. And didn't know what to write. And watery diarrhea that contains blood. Yay. Yum. Long-term exposure can result in thickening of the skin. Darker skin, abdominal pain, diarrhea, heart disease, numbness, and cancer. Oh. Um, the most common reason for long-term exposure is contaminated drinking water. Uh, groundwater most often becomes contaminated naturally. However, contamination may also occur from mining and agriculture. It may also be found in the soil and air. Other routes of exposure include toxic waste sites and traditional medicines. Most cases of poisonings are accidental. Arsenic acts by changing the functioning of uh, enzymes. Uh, diagnosis is by testing the urine, blood or hair. Oh, did you say so, hair? Yeah. Prevention is by using water that does not contain high levels of arsenic. This may be achieved by the use of special filters or using uh, rainwater. There is not good enough evidence to support to support specific treatments for long-term poisoning through drinking water more than 200 million people globally are exposed to high and safe levels of arsenic the areas most affected are bangladesh and west bengal exposure is also more common in people of low income and minorities acute poisoning is uncommon the toxicity of arsenic has been described as far back as 1500 BC in the Ebers <laughs> papyrus. papyrus. Rufus, dude. Symptoms of arsenic poisoning begin with headaches, confusion, severe diarrhea and drowsiness. As the poisoning develops, convulsions and changes in fingernail pigmentation called leucladia stratata. I really don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> may, may occur. I'm so sorry for anyone listens to this. Like, you've got to listen to me being ill as well as not being able to speak proper English. <laughs> um, when the poisoning becomes acute, symptoms may include diarrhea, vomiting, vomiting blood, blood in the urine, cramping muscles, hair loss, stomach pain, and more convulsions. The organs of the body that are usually affected by arsenic poisoning are the lungs, skin, kidneys and liver. The final resort of arsenic poisoning is coma and death. Oh. This is so cheerful. I know. There's a book that I read when I was not a kid, but when I was a teenager called Flowers in the Attic. And basically in that, anyway, this woman decides she needs to poison, she needs to kill her children. So she starts giving them a donut. I think it's every day or every week. Essentially, these powdered donuts, but the powder is actually arsenic. So she's po- slowly poisoning her kids. And one of, so there's four kids, two young twins, and then an older boy and an older girl. And the older girl, she gives her donuts to one of to her little brother because her little brother's ill. 
and they're like right we need to feed him more but essentially she's doubling the dose of the poison so he dies and the other three survive it's i don't know shit it's such a sad book like what the fuck <laughs> but yeah what the fuck why would you write shit like that i know i want to say I mean, i've never read it but I, I might have to read it i think there's some incest in there too anyway casually yeah just casual incest um, um yeah sorry carry on no it's fine uh, that, that was the end of my uh, arsenic research. And then I've just got uh, my second story, which, um, again, isn't very long. So my other poisoning story is a woman named Maria Swannenberg, who is also known as Maria Katerina van der Linde, Linden Swannenberg. <laughs> That's a mouthful. Yeah. Was a Dutch uh, serial killer who murdered at least 27 people and was suspected of killing more than 90 people. Wow. Her first victim was her mother, Joanna, in 1880. Not long thereafter, she poisoned her father, Clarence. It was established with certainty that Swannenberg poisoned at least 102 people with arsenic between 1880 and 1883. 27 victims died, of whom 16 were her relatives. The investigation, include... <laughs> the investigation included more than 90 suspicious deaths. 45 survivors sustained chronic health issues after he- after having ingested the poison. Oh, my God. Why? Why did she do that? What? What? There was, like, no reason, like, well, there was no explanation to, like, why she did it. It literally, like, I was reading it up. And then I was like, oh, this would be really good to talk about on the podcast because it was, like, so yeah huge but then it was like oh yeah like that's it that's all you're gonna get from me oh both those women you've talked about it's been a bit like why (laughs) like are you okay one like (laughs) why are you feeling the need to kill people I know especially like I think it takes like it's one thing to like kill somebody that you don't like but it's another to kill somebody that's like a family member or like yeah you know a child Um, or to poison that many people as well it's got to be planned like it's not really a crime of passion is it because you've not got ridiculously angry hit someone over the head with something and accidentally killed them they'll have had to have bought or made the poison in advance and then somehow fed it to the person like it's exactly like you, you can accidentally poison someone yeah sure but not that many people that's a bit suspicious yeah that's more like meditated into it like you oh, won't yeah. be able to get a row of like I didn't know I didn't know I was poisoning them because you would have figured it out eventually oh yeah like hmm everyone keeps dying every time I feed them this specific dish with this specific ingredient oh I wonder why oh yeah no shit Sherlock yeah yeah but it's like back in um I can't remember what century it is you know when they used to like put white paint, white face paint on the faces? Yeah. And it was like lead poisoning. Yeah. And then they wanted to know why people were just dropping dead. Yeah. Because they were poisoning themselves with the fucking, yeah. what was it for now? That's going to bother me. It's like the white foundation they put on, wasn't it? Yeah. It was made out of lead. It had, like, it had like pure lead in it. And then they wonder like, oh, why are these people dropping dead? Yeah morons yeah i guess in the past there must have been so much just trial and error like nowadays how do supermarkets know which mushrooms to eat 
that we can eat and which mushrooms we can't eat. There must have been someone a very long time ago that's like ate one ate a bad mushroom and died, and they're like, oh, don't pick that one. Dave died of that. These white ones were all right though. Like there must have been so much of that. Yeah. Well, a fun fact actually. So the discovery of coffee was accidental. Yeah. Because goats actually found the beans and ate the beans and like obviously they got all hyperactive and like buzzed um and when the shepherd was like trying to like round them all back in noticed that some of the like goats were like proper hyped up and stuff yeah and realized it was like they were eating these beans and that's where the discovery of coffee came from oh because it was just goats eating shit that they shouldn't be eating as goats do um yeah that's cool so all you coffee lovers out there have goats to thank for that yeah and they got banned in like I think when it became a big thing it got banned in certain European countries because they thought it was like the devil's juice essentially so and obviously you know Catholics and Protestants were like still big around that time so they tried to ban it in countries and I in everything the devil's juice (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> isn't everything related to the devil one way or another yeah um, but yeah you need to thank your good old billy joe gruff the goat <laughs> yep i'm sure goat is an acronym for something as well people keep saying it i'm like why do you keep calling them the goat and i can't remember what it is greatest of all time so goat g-o-a-t greatest of all time so goats are goats when it comes to coffee because they're the greatest of all time because they created it. Not created it, found it. Yeah, they stumbled upon it and was just like, I'm going to just try and digest this. Mm, this smells interesting. Om nom 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 nom. Okay, so I've got a story about a lady called Julia Tafana. Don't know how you say her okay. name. I'm going to say whatever comes out of my mouth when I read it. I don't know. I will not judge you, considering I've just struggled to read half of my shit. Thanks. Again. (laughs) Um, So, Julia, I'm probably going to call her Julia, let's be honest. Julia Tafana was a professional poisoner from Italy. She was born in 1620 and died in 1659. During this time, divorce was not a concept that existed. So people were quite often forced into marriages that... Uh, were often arranged by their parents um, and they were quite often loveless and abusive. So the only ways to escape were your spouse dying or something like turning to prostitution and living a life in shame instead. Because obviously if you're married to someone at this time and you turn to prostitution, they would all like to pretend that you didn't exist, I think, because it was frowned upon. So Julia's parents were murdered around when she was about 13 So after this, she spent a lot of her life growing up around apothecaries, learning how they made their potions. She eventually developed her own poison, which is called Aqua Tafana. Tafana being her surname that I can't pronounce. And Aqua obviously means water. So she began to make money selling this poison to men and women who were trapped in abusive marriages wanting to escape. Her clientele was mostly made up of women, especially those of low status. The poison itself is made up of mostly arsenic and lead, but it is thought to also contain belladonna, 
Uh, it is unknown how she blended these ingredients together. So they kind of guess what it's made up of, but they've got no idea how she merged them. Um, the poison itself was a colorless, tasteless liquid that could easily be mixed with water or even wine. It was disguised as a healing oil or a perfume so that people didn't suspect anything if they saw it like in their wives' shelves. It was a slow-acting poison with symptoms resembling those of a progressive disease or other natural causes. So like you said earlier, like the symptoms of arsenic poisoning, the symptoms of this were so similar to arsenic poisoning. So the first small dosage caused like cold-like symptoms. Obviously colds in those days probably affected people more than usual. Uh, so then by the third dose, the cold symptoms have increased to also include vomiting, dehydration, diarrhea, and a burning sensation in the digestive system. And the fourth dose would kill the victim. Mozart is thought to have died from this poison. I mean, he died. No in, way. Yeah, he died in 1791, which is over 100 years after she died. Um, oh. <laughs> this claim is thought to be bullshit, uh, but it was Mozart himself that started the rumour. <laughs> so he's like, oh, I'm dying. I've been poisoned back with Tavana. And everyone's <laughs> like, really? Really? Anyway. <laughs> Such a shit. <laughs> yeah. Julia also, like, so when Julia was selling her potion, she would give like the her clientele a walkthrough on how to use the potion and get away with it. So she'd tell them to show a lot of emotion. So obviously, oh my god, my husband's so ill. I hope he's, I hope he's gonna be okay. I hope he's gonna recover. Oh my god, now he's died. I'm in such distress. I need to call for an autopsy because I need to know how my husband has died. This is horrendous. Um, yeah. That was beautiful. <laughs> Basically. I was really good. Um, so, yeah, she told them to do all that kind of thing so as not to just draw any suspicion to themselves. So the papal authorities were alerted to her business. It's thought that one of her clients ratted her out. When they tried to find her, the local community helped to protect and hide her in a church because she'd done so much for them all, killing all their nasty husbands. But then there was a rumour that spread around that she had poisoned the water supply for the whole of Rome. Um, at that point, the authorities barged into the church and took her. And then under torture, she confessed to killing around 600 men with her poisons throughout Rome. She was then executed along with her daughter and three other people who had been helping. Uh, she was executed in July 1659. After her death, her body was thrown over the wall of the church that had provided her with sanctuary just kind of like a giant fuck you to the church so i'm not gonna lie she sounds like a bit of a legend and i quite like it even if she killed that many people yeah i mean props to her though like she was trying to like make a difference in the community and help yeah. people that you know couldn't really defend themselves and of course the police had to ruin that yep um i, I want to say as well so the way she designed the bottles it had a picture of like a saint on or something um and then I'm sure it had some sort of code name to do with a saint as well so that it really did look like oh healing water woo it's just perfume like nothing to see here suspicious don't be suspicious um don't be suspicious yeah so she was really clever about it um I just think what is it with me sympathizing with people like 
Do you remember Elizabeth, what's her face? I was like, oh, she just killed all these people because she wanted to cure her epilepsy. And now I'm like, oh, this woman just killed oh, um, people. Elizabeth Pafori. Yes. Good old, oh, good old Liz. Yeah. And here I am being like, oh, Julia, she killed all these people, but she did it for the right reasons. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, bad. there's always a method to the madness, though, isn't there? Yeah. Like, it's not, it's like when you watch... Avengers and you're just like Thanos has got a point yeah he's just going the wrong way about it yeah 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 absolutely um like you kind of you kind of like empathize with the people because you're like okay you understand why you're doing that and obviously you'd probably react the same way if you're in that situation yeah and if you got that desperate then and that was your only way out yeah exactly like I think a lot of people are capable of like you know committing murder I think everyone's just got like different limits yeah and also again it depends if like you've got underlying mental health conditions that you yeah. know might cause that to come out a bit more not gonna lie the two women that you talked about it sounded like they did have underlying mental health issues I just think they don't they obviously did not like people yeah or men or both you pissed me off I'm gonna kill you like you know when your sibling just really annoys you it sounds like those yeah. women just like oh, my brother's really pissed me off today or oh, my sister came in and stole my favorite top poison <laughs> <laughs> you have you have chosen death <laughs> yeah so would you rather be hung for selling a poison that has killed 600 abusive men or would you rather drink the poison yourself and die that way? What the fuck? That's awful. Sorry. <laughs> oh. I think being hung, it's less painful from what it sounds like because it'd be quicker. But then you've killed all those not people ne- indirectly. Not necessarily. Like if you've been hung, like there were many instances when they were like hanging people that it, it wouldn't kill them straight away because. Like the noose yeah. wasn't like tied good enough, or then, the drop wasn't fair, far enough for you to actually for it to you know sever yeah. the spinal cord and obviously you die. Yeah. Um, but the poison slowly, slowly worked at your body, and you'd get sicker and sicker and sicker. You'd ha- you'd spend days on the toilet. Your last days on the toilet, throwing up and shitting because of the poison. Whilst like, it like Elvis Presley. Yeah, <laughs> I'd, I'd go with hanging. I think I'd be uh, I think I'd be okay knowing I'm dying after I've killed six hundred men. Yeah, I think I'd be all and right. Technically, you won't have killed those men directly. You've just sold these women the poison. It's not your fault what they're going to do with it. Like, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'd still yeah. be okay with it though, even if I did do it directly. I'd be like, yeah, yeah. no, ra- no regrets, no regrets, no regrets. Yeah, they deserve, it sounds like they deserved it. I mean, there's def- in that 600, there's definitely going to be a few cases where the men probably, or women probably did not deserve it. But I just think throwing her body outside of the like church was a bit unnecessary. Like that was petty on their behalf. Oh yeah. Like, that's really fucking petty. <laughs> yeah. It's like here, have her back. Oh, she's dead. Yeah. What's um, today's lesson? Don't go foraging unless you know what you're doing because shit could kill you I'm sure there's like an actual saying as well for that kind of shit but I don't know what it is no maybe I'm just making that off 
If anyone knows what saying Emma's going on about, please comment on the Instagram post. Or if anyone knows what Emma's going on about on a day-to-day basis, please leave a message. <laughs> After the leave, term. Leave a comment. Boop. <laughs> 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 Thank you for listening to our first episode back after our little break. Please head over to our Instagram, which is at Gin and Spooks, for a photo dump of everything we've talked about in the episodes. Uh, these photos will also be up on our blog, which is ginandspooks.wordpress.com. If you have any ghost stories or scary stories in general, or drink suggestions of your own, please feel free to email them to us at ginandspooks.gmail.com or send us a DM on Instagram or Facebook. Just search Gin and Spooks podcast and we should pop up. And we also have Twitter, which is at Gin and Spooks pod. Go follow us on there. We don't have many followers on Twitter. It's a bit neglected. So I think everyone should go show it some love. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. 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 Bye.